Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Gospel X, Gospel According to the X-Men. My name is Jonathan. This is Henry, and we're so glad that you can join us today as we continue our discussions on the 1990s X-Men animated series. And today we are embarking on uh, an episode entitled The Juggernaut Returns, or is it Return of the Juggernaut? The Juggernaut Returns. Returns. So, uh customarily we usually kick it off with a, a video clip it and uh so i'll show it to you right now and we'll be right back juggernaut is trapped beneath the collapsed ceiling the professor insists we free him are you crazy in a second he's gonna be knocking us around like play toys kane marco cannot something absorbed his powers my brother is pleading for help i can sense his mind well i say let him plead after all the miseries caused us. That is not your decision to make. I'm not asking, I'm telling you, help him now. So Henry, give us a synopsis. What are we gonna right. talk about today? So as everyone saw in the clip, Juggernaut comes back from when Gladiator threw him into the ocean and he starts attacking the X-Men all over again and specifically trying to attack Charles Xavier. And then Xavier, it, at the very beginning of the episode is like, why, why are you always trying to hurt me? Because he never understood. And we find out a few things about the juggernaut. First of all, him and Charles, they're actually stepbrothers. They, um, the juggernaut's father married Xavier's mother and then they became stepbrothers. And we find out that the main reason why uh, the juggernaut, his name is Cain, by the way, you know, in a biblical allusion uh, to the famous two brothers in Genesis. Uh, he actually is, he's actually very jealous of uh, Xavier because he thought that his father um, favored him when they were kids. He was the one that was sent away to boarding school because basically his father didn't want him around messing up his own selfish reasons for getting into that relationship. Uh, Kane's father only married Xavier's mother for money. And he didn't want the stepbrother like Kane, he didn't want Kane to mess up what he had, he's going with that and possibly lose the source of his money. And so we find all this out and then Xavier is finding this stuff out as well uh, when he's probing the juggernaut's mind. And in spite of all this, the, the juggernaut, Xavier says he's going to go and save him. So he sends the X-Men out to go and find the Ruby of Sidorak so that they can restore the juggernaut's powers and save his life from that failed attack that he tried to carry out. So there's a lot of stuff that we have to digest here. I mean, first of all, you know, we get all this information about why the Juggernaut hates Charles. Um, talks a little bit about what favoritism does to people when one person is favored over another person. You know that resentment, that that uh, hatred that builds. You know that that kind of lasts through through your life. And B says it as well. You know this this, this is uh, basically the, uh, because of the sins of the father. Cain's father that is just is spreading into his life as well. 
Mm-hmm. And as well, um, we find Xavier's response to that because he's always been the peacemaker for all throughout the first three seasons. He's been saying humans and mutants, we got to go and forgive each other. We got to live in harmony. We got to live in peace. Mm-hmm. And now when his morals are being tested, he's always telling other people, right? But now it's his turn to practice what he preaches. And what does Charles do? He chooses to forgive his brother. Not in the sense that he's going to completely absolve everything that he's done. But in his brother's most dire time of need, he's going to go and help him and save his life. And you know what? That's a mark of forgiveness. It's something that it's not, it's something that you do. It's an action. So... You know, it's part of how, you know, that Charles Xavier is able to practice what he preaches. If he's able to tell all these other people to make peace and he's not able to go and make peace between himself and his brother, why would people ever listen to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, one interesting point that um, we were talking about prior to the recording of this is the whole idea that Juggernaut never apologized. Never, even right? at the end, even while Charles was saving his life. You know, he yeah. lived before Xavier saved his life. He said, you saved my life and I will continue hurting you yep. and coming and after you and attacking you. And then yeah. he still does it. Yeah, and he still does it, saves his life and then not even an apology, no thank you. And he just, and end of story. And that's how the scene ended. That's how the episode ended with him just continuing to be Xavier's pain in the butt <laughs> throughout the rest of the time. And, um, which is really interesting, right? Because um, uh, as a Christian point of view, then it's like, um, you know, this whole narrative of favoritism of, and wounds and forgiveness is exactly the type of thing that we see in scripture as well, right? where there's favoritism, many favoritisms throughout the whole Bible. You know, you got like Cain and, like Cain and Abel, <laughs> right? And then you got the, you know, like the um, uh, Ishmael and Isaac, and then you got the Esau and Jacob, and then you got the Joseph Technicolor dream code and the, <laughs> the 11 brothers, right? But basically all of Genesis then. All of Genesis and throughout, throughout the entire Bible, right? David, King David was not even the holy one, right? He even favored right? Uh, certain signs, right? So, um, but then there's wounds that come out of it. And then those wounds are so hurtful that it's, uh, and I'm sure the viewers agree, it's very difficult to forgive that person, especially if that person is unapologetic, you know, does not repent or confess or say sorry for that matter, or even say sorry, but don't mean it, you know, that old saying, oh, you're sorry, but you don't mean it type of thing, right? It's hard for us to forgive, but what's interesting for Xavier, what he told the X-Men, like Storm and Cyclops, uh, the number one and two generals of the X-Men, he said, no, forgive them, right? Do it, save them. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's a command. And for us, forgiveness is a command. It's like unconditional. We have to forgive regardless of what the other party reacts to or how they respond to that forgiveness. It's for our sake. We forgive because we are forgiven, right? And so it's really interesting how 
um, Xavier, like you said, practices what he preaches because it runs in parallel to what he was rebuking Wolverine for, right? Back in the Wolverine Sabretooth fiasco in the earlier episodes where Wolverine goes, how come, you know, I cannot like <laughs> annihilate my enemy right here and then when he's on his deathbed, right? You know, when the Sabretooth is like totally in comatose, like how come I can't not just use my Enementium claws and just stab him right through the heart, right? Like end the story, solve the world, right? <laughs> We're done, right? And uh, Xavier says no. And now we know that uh, Xavier actually does practice what he preaches to his students. And, uh, and this is the classic example of that. And it gives us a lesson as human beings is that regardless of what the other party does, we have to forgive. There's, um, it's an interesting thing about how uh, I'm sure many of us in Canada know we have all this reconciliation word. The word reconciliation has been tossed around a lot. Well, guess what? Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other party saying sorry, right? Forgiveness is all about the forgiver. And um, there was one like, thing. It's like uh, to repent is, takes courage, but to forgive takes power. And I think uh, um, for that, uh, it's a good quote to end us off here. Anything else you want to add before we uh, say bid adieu to our audience? No, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, this was a pretty interesting episode. We got to learn a lot about, you know, when Charles Xavier's medal is tested, when, uh, you know, his his personal fortitude is is, is, is right there. So yeah. it's, uh, it's very, it's very interesting about, you know, we because it's always interesting to see someone be tested um, and have their values and morals tested. You can listen to somebody say anything all the time, but when they actually have to carry it out, and that's uh, one of those things that, um, you know, inspires people when people see you living out what you say. Oh yeah. It's like, you know, Cyclops had his moment with his dad, right? He was tested failed miserably. <laughs> and then uh, coming up, Storm's going to get tested later on, much later. And she fails miserably too. <laughs> so, you know, like, um, you know, there's a, like, which is encouraging for us because uh, it means that this whole Christian endeavor is a work in progress as well, that we will always have failures, but it's not that we're going to go downhill. These failures are actually going to continue to build us up. All right. Thank you all right. for joining us in another Gospel X, the Gospel According to X-Men. My name is Jonathan. This is Henry. If you have any opinions, questions, and uh, or totally disagree with us, you can send us a message through our website at companyofdisciples.com. Till next time, have a blessed week and happy Chinese New Year. Bye for now.